0: We're going to take a pause today from our uh, series on Joseph. And because it's Thanksgiving, <clears throat> I want to look at a passage that often when we get to the Thanksgiving season, uh, people use as a passage for um, basically focusing on the idea that we are to uh, be thankful. And this morning I'm going to take a little bit different approach to it because I think that the passage does teach that, but I think it teaches something much greater than simply the idea of being grateful for that which we have. Um, it's a story that Jesus tells, an event that happens in the life of Jesus, and it only happens, it's only mentioned in the Gospel of Luke. And so I'm gonna, what I'm going to do is I'm going to read a part of the passage. We're going to talk about them and go to the next passage, part of the passage of the story. So uh, the story will kind of unfold as we go. So Luke chapter uh, 17, and here's what it says. Now, On his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. And as he was going into a village, ten men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance, and they called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. Now, before we go any farther, we need to make sure we understand exactly what's happening here. Um, The situation is Jesus is on his way to Jerusalem, um, this is actually the, the, the third time that Luke has talked about this idea. And he's on the border between Jerusalem and Samaria. So there's this, at this, at this area, there's kind of this blending somewhat of Jews and Samaritans. Now, again, the Jewish people really, really, really dislike the Samaritans. And so there's this cultural thing happening as well. And Jesus tells the story, and he says there's 10 men with leprosy. Now, what you need to understand is that the culture of the day said that when you had leprosy, you were considered highly contagious, first of all. So it was your responsibility to let everybody know where you stood. So what would happen is if someone would come near you, you would have to cry out, leper, leper. So they knew. If they wanted to come close, that's their call. But at least they knew where you stood, that you were getting ready to approach somebody who was a leper. And so in that culture, they would have been social outcasts. Um, no one wanted to do with them, So, if you'll anything to do with them. So if you'll think about it for a second, if we took you today and, and isolated you from everybody and said, you now have to go out on your own, you have... You can't get a job, right? No family can be close to you, right? Everyone would keep their distance from you, right? Here's a question. Have you ever thought about this? Where are you going to live and how are you going to eat? So often they literally were, I mean, I understand there's a homeless situation, but this is like beyond homeless. Because even homeless people, we have like soup kitchens where they can come and get food. This is past that. This is a situation where basically um, they would, for the most part, what they did, honestly, was they lived at the garbage dump. And in that particular, in Jerusalem, for instance, what would happen is there was a city garbage dump outside in the Valley of Hinnon, outside of Jerusalem. So people would take their little carts with their garbage and they would dump it out there for all the wild dogs and the lepers who would, or, or, would run towards them trying to get whatever scraps they could before the dogs did. Um, they would stand on the side sometimes and ask for people to give them money. But again, even then, it's not like you would go up and shake their hand and hand them $5. You'd throw it at them. This is the world they lived in. So they're they're socially way on the outside and the fringes of society. And here's the thing: you don't, they're all the same. We don't know how you don't know out of that whole, You okay there? Yeah, <laughs> that's harder than you thought, isn't it? <laughs> um, no, I mean honestly, you don't know. You don't know who's rich and who's poor. You know nothing about their ages. You know nothing about their families. The one thing they all have in common is they are lepers and they are outcasts and no one wants anything to do with them. That's the one thing you know about them. And so Jesus says, and this is what's fascinating, Jesus says what happens is they as as he approaches from a distance, they cry out. Now what's unique in this is What they say, they say, Jesus, master. The only people in the Bible who called Jesus a master were the disciples. So all of a sudden, they're seeing Jesus in a different way than other people saw Jesus. As the text goes on, they're all crying out the same thing, have mercy on. Um, this is the second leper, by the way, that Luke talks about in the other in the in the other story. Jesus actually touches the leper. In this case, there's this distance between them. And then notice what happens next. Here's what the text says. And when he saw them, speaking of Jesus, he said, Go, show yourselves to the priest. This is what the law required. If you thought you were healed from leprosy, the priest had to give the stamp of your good to go. Show yourself to the priest. And as they went, they were cleansed. One of them, when he saw he was healed, came back. Praising God in a loud voice, he threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. And all of the people listening to your story are going, yay! And then Jesus adds this. And he was a Samaritan. Story changed now. If you're a Jew, it's like, yay, 10 of them healed. No, not Samaritans. Not Samaritans. And what happens is in this story, Jesus, from a distance, again, there's no, no, nothing happens here other than Jesus says, go and show yourself to the priest. And it says, as they were going, they start to realize the the rash is gone. My sores are now healed. And they were cleansed. And they started to be whole again. Now listen, if you have been isolated from everyone and everything, and all of a sudden now you are realizing you can rejoin society, I'm telling you, you're pretty excited. And as they started to realize this, I don't know if they walked faster to the priest, I don't know what they did, but what happens is they are so excited at this point in the the story, but one guy stops. Because for him, healing wasn't enough. And he goes back, and he cries out, And he comes to Jesus, and it says he falls on his feet and throws himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. I want you to think about this for a second. This is probably the first human touch he has had since he was a leper, since he was diagnosed. Some of you remember how crazy stuff got with COVID and how so much distance there was. You remember the first hug? You remember the first time somebody would shake your hand again? Can you imagine a lifetime of living like that? Instead of just a period of months or maybe half a year or a year, whatever. And so what happens is he falls at the feet of Jesus, and then the story changes now because Jesus points out to the group that's listening, this guy, he's not Jewish. This guy's a Samaritan. This guy's one of those people that you hate, that you literally would, would, would thank God that you weren't a Samaritan. I mean, can you imagine praying that way? God, thank you for all you've done in my life. And Lord, I thank you that I am not blank. Fill in whatever nationality you want, fill in whatever you want to fill in at that point. Can you imagine praying that way? That's the the attitude they had towards the Samaritans. Jesus throws it out and he says he was a Samaritan. And then, listen to the story, he continues on. Jesus said, we're not all ten cleansed. Where are the other nine? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said to him, rise and go. Your faith has made you well. The word well is a very interesting word. It's a very interesting idea. But Jesus starts by asking three questions. Hey, I've got a question. Weren't there 10 of you? Where are the other nine? And then he says, he throws this out with this idea. He said, how come no one else came to praise God? Now, this is what's unique. When When the Samaritan goes and falls on the feet, he uses the word, he goes and thanks Jesus. Now that's unique, because most of the time in the Bible, when people were grateful, they thanked God. This guy thanks Jesus. When Jesus says, you came and you thanked God, he's actually linking him and God together. And so one of the things that he says is, how come you're the only one that came and thanked God? And then Jesus does something, and he says, your faith has made you well or whole. The idea, the word behind that idea of well is a word in the New Testament that's, all, that's used most of the time with regards to salvation. In other words, here's what the story is about, and I think this is where so many times... When people preach on this passage, they miss this. And this is the challenge I want for us today. Everybody got physical healing. Only one person got saved. Everybody got to experience a change in their physical condition. Only one person got to change their spiritual condition as well. And you don't see that often when we talk about this story. But this is not a story about gratefulness. This is a story about salvation. This is a story about somebody who wanted more from Jesus than just physical healing. So a couple of lessons for us. First of all, one of the things that this passage teaches is that the kingdom of God is open to anyone. Anyone. Ten people who were totally isolated from society. Ten people who were societal rejects. Ten people who were considered, actually, in this culture, if you had a physical deformity or if you had a sickness like leprosy, they believed it was because either you sinned or your parents sinned. So because you were, you were like somebody God cursed, they didn't want anything to do with you. Remember they asked Jesus, hey, is this, is this person sick because of his sin or his, or his parents' sin? That was the thinking of the culture. So if you had something as, as, as deadly as leprosy, you were really looked at as God. And their, I, their mindset was, God hates you, and this is what God's doing to judge you. That was their mindset. And that's how these people had used to being perceived. And when Jesus comes along, they cry out and they say, Master, have mercy on us. And Jesus does. And he says, go. Go go to the priest. And as they go, now again, normally you would go, I have to be cleansed first and then I go to the priest. That's the order. But Jesus says, go. So in obedience, they start walking. And as they walk, they start to notice stuff's changing. And they realize their world is about to dramatically change. And their world is going to be. So you see this attitude, you know, this, this thing that it was offered to everyone. And I, often I talk to people and they're like, PJ, you don't understand how bad my life is. You don't understand my past. You don't understand how all of that kind of stuff. And, and here's the illustration. It's crude, but it'll make the point. And yesterday I was coming um, back from Alfred's funeral, and I, I have a, a personal deal that um, whenever I'm doing a funeral, I don't eat beforehand, okay? I try to eliminate all the issues that you could ever have, and so one of them is eating. So um, so, so on the way home, I thought, you know, I probably ought to eat something today, um, and so I stopped by Casey's, and I got Casey's. I got a couple of slices of pizza and a pop. And so now you got to picture this, okay? My family understands this, okay? When I go home, I change before I eat, okay? I'm, I'm at that stage of life, all right. Um, so I change before I eat, all right. So, so anyway, so I'm and, and I'm realizing, I'm realizing as I'm driving, this is a disaster. I have a white shirt on. I've already taken my sport coat off. I knew better than that. And I've got my tie off, and I'm thinking, I've got a white long sleeve shirt. And I'm going to drive and eat. This is just a disaster. So, and then to make it all worse, I have my wife's car, okay? (laughs) And she has white seats. Okay, so I, I'm just looking at this thing going, this just has disaster all over it. So I'm careful with the car, I'm careful with things, and I'm eating, and I'm doing really, really well. And then this little bitty spot of sauce, just I mean, just a little bit, goes, and unfortunately, I have a stop area right here. <laughs> and so as I'm eating, it hits right there, and I'm going, oh, no. So I'm really careful. I eat the rest of it. I get home, and I look at Gina. and I say, "Honey, I say, I need you to wash this shirt, but there's a spot on it you got to get off first." So she gets it off, and then then the, the you know some of the greatest news of the whole day, whole afternoon being at home is it came out, yay, Because uh, I'll tell you what, Euro grease does not come out. Now, I know that for experience for some reason, but anyway. So I've got this. So anyway, so it's like, okay, good. You know, disaster averted. But here's the thing. Some of you are like, my sin's so bad, God can't clean it up. Well, here's what you need to understand. In the mind of God, that little sin, that little spot, has to be taken care of the same way as if I would have rolled around in that pizza. God's got to cleanse all of it, whether it's a little spot or a big spot. It doesn't matter. It's going to take the same amount from God to clean it either way. And when Jesus goes to the cross, he doesn't doesn't just die on the cross for like people who only have this amount of sin or little spots of sauce. He covers people who are rolled around in it, who have it all over their shirt, who the shirt would be ruined to most of us. And the Bible says he washes it whiter than snow. That's the God we serve. And I'm here to tell you that when Jesus offers salvation, he offers it to anyone who will say yes. For God so loved the world that whosoever, anyone. When Jesus comes on the scene with these 10 lepers, they're all in the same boat, they all want the same thing, and he says, go, and on the way they get healed and they get physical healing, and their world goes back to, or in some cases, maybe for the first time, they enter the world that you and I would know. But one guy. Physical healing is not enough. He comes back, and he falls at the feet of Jesus. He wants to be close to Jesus. He wants to be a relationship with the person who just healed him. Healing for him is not enough. Stepping back into society is not enough. He wants to be with Jesus. And he falls at his feet and he says, thank you. And Jesus looks at him realizing that he wanted more. And he said, your faith in coming back and wanting to be with me has made you well. Not only do you get physical healing, you get spiritual healing. Because you have a relationship with me. Here's what I want to challenge you with in this story. A lot of you here are Christians. You will come into this holiday, you will come into this season... And you will thank God for all the things that you have, and that's great. You'll thank God for the health that you have and the home that you have and the stuff that you have, and you will give thanks for all of that stuff, and that is great. That's what you need to do this season. Don't don't miss that. But I'm afraid what happens is to us as Christians that we don't focus on Jesus. Jesus. I'm afraid that we focus so much on the stuff that Jesus gives us that we miss spending time and focusing on Jesus. And it's a subtle thing, but it's an important thing. And it's so easy to go, you know, we're such uh, a messed up society. You know what's going to happen this week? And I'm going to be guilty of it too. Do it every year. On Thursday, thank you, God, for all that you have given me. On Friday, God, it's Black Friday. I got to go out and get more. <laughs> and don't get me wrong. You go, oh, you're an anti Black Friday person? Oh, you don't know me. <laughs> you know, I am old school Black Friday. I'm, oh, I'm, I go all the way back to the, you remember the, that they would show on the news the people who at 2 o'clock in the morning are in line at Best Buy? <laughs> that was us. We did that. In fact, my kids worked at Best Buy. We actually had, uh, we would call them on the phone and they would tell us where the item was that we were going to get. So when we got into the store, we zipped right to that first. You're going, really? Oh, I love, it. it's a holiday in our family. You should just know that. Um, just because I like being with the crazies. I mean, and, and those people are nuts. Uh, but I mean, that's a culture we live in. And when, what, I'm, what I'm trying to say here is that as we as we head into Easter, or not Easter, Christmas and Thanksgiving. As we head into these seasons, it's so easy to miss Jesus in all of it. You and I, when we put our faith and trust in Christ, started a relationship with Jesus Christ. The creator of a world. The God who spoke everything into existence. The God, that God said, I want a relationship with you. And the minute you put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, here's what he said. You're now my child. There's a whole list of things that happen when you put your faith and trust in Christ. Let me just rattle off a few. You are redeemed you were reconciled you were related to god you were forgiven you were crucified with christ you were free from the law you're the child of god you're adopted as son you're accepted by god you are justified you're delivered from the power of darkness you're given a you are actually a gift from god to jesus that's what the new testament teaches you are partakers of a holy and royal priesthood you are a chosen generation a holy nation a, a, a special people you are the family and the household of God. You are now glorified. You, have, you are complete in Christ. You possess every spiritual blessing, and you have direct access to God. Just by putting your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. And as we go into this season, we get all caught up in all this stuff. Make sure that we, like the Samaritan leper, Spend time worshiping the person of Jesus Christ. And not just the stuff that we have in this thing we call life. Do you know how special it is to leave this world and see Jesus face to face? You have a relationship with him. Worship him. Draw close to him. Know that no matter what you go through this week, you can cry out at any moment, and he listens. You can take anything to him, at any time. Do you know what kind of access it is to have the creator of the universe actually listen to you? I mean, look, I I try to be a good grandparent, but sometimes when the kids start talking... And they don't stop. And it all just kind of blurs together. You know, and you want to listen, you want to pay attention, but there's other things and they've gone on and on and on and on. (laughs) My God doesn't even do that. He listens. As I go on and on and on and on. Because he loves me. And he wants a relationship with me. And as you head into this week, as you head into Thanksgiving, don't miss that. Don't miss that. Be grateful for all this stuff? Yeah. Go ahead. You don't want to not do that. But if that's all you do, you're almost like the nine who were so focused on the healing, they missed what was really important. And we don't want to do that this week. So I want to challenge you as you head into this week. In this story, Jesus reminds us that he offers salvation to everyone, regardless of your circumstances, regardless of your background. But he also warns us that people can experience Christian things without possessing Christ. Genuine Christianity involves a relationship with Jesus Christ. Not just an experience of religious stuff. So this week, focus on Jesus as we head into Thanksgiving. Let's pray. Lord, our culture does affect us. Lord, we do get caught up in all of this stuff. And it's easy to do. Lord, help us that in the midst of this week, that, Lord, we would take time and we would seriously focus on our relationship with you and all that that means. We don't understand, Lord, why you love us the way you do. We don't understand, Lord, why you commit to us the way you do. But, Lord, we are so grateful for the fact that you do love us and you do care. Lord, if there's here this, folks here this morning who have never put their faith and trust in you, Lord, would you help them to understand? There's nothing you want more. Lord, use us and uh, guide us as we head into this week. These things we ask in your name. Amen.